remain standing. Please remain standing for the scripture, which is found on page 1766, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of God. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor, for this is good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Yeah, she may be seated. Sorry about that. All right, I'm going to sit down today and talk to you. As Dan had already mentioned, this is the 21st anniversary of the attacks on America on 9-11. Now, I know there's some of you in here that aren't even 21 years old. I'm one of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, how I wish, right? <laughs> um, but no, I think just to briefly want to say, we all know what we were doing that day. You know, my dad used to say when I was younger, he'd tell me about John Kennedy and he'd say, I remember very well what I was doing that day when Kennedy was shot. And I never really knew what he was talking about. I wasn't there. Um, many of you were. But never thought in, that in my lifetime I'd have one of those moments where I could say to my kids, who the oldest at the time was six of my children, she's now 27, um, and my youngest was not even a year old yet. She was about 10 months old. But I remember it quite well, as I'm sure all of you do. We could all go around and tell stories when we first heard, what we were doing, what we thought. Um, but we don't really have time for that. But it would be interesting to hear sometime. But I just remember thinking shock, but also thinking I kind of expected this was coming. Earlier in August that year, I had told a friend of mine who was from New York. He was living in Wheeling at the time. He was from New York. He was worried about his mom. He said, I'm just worried about her still living in New York. I wish I could move her here. He said, I'm worried something's going to happen. And I said, Ryan, I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when somebody attacks New York. And had no idea that just less than a month later, it would actually happen. But he called me that day and he said, how did you know? I said, I don't know, I don't know. But I remember that was probably, well, I know for me that was my least productive work day ever. I mean, we stood around the television watching what happened. And then we start hearing stories. And I, I've told you before, and I'll mention it again, the story of my sister who has a friend who lived in New Jersey who worked at the World Trade Center. Her alarm didn't go off that morning. 
She was late. She was on the train thinking, my boss is going to kill me. Well, her boss didn't kill her because her boss didn't survive that day. But she did because she was late. So there's all kinds of stories like that. But what I want to talk about today, when we're talking about the voice of God, I want to tie it into 9-11. And there's a verse in here that we read this morning. It says, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So everything that was written in this book here, no matter when it was written, was written so that we could have encouragement and hope for the future. I don't think a lot of people had a lot of hope on September 11th, 2001. There was a lot of sorrow. There was a lot of anguish. There was a lot of what, why, how. I'm sure many of us were questioning God. I know I did. I said, God, what is this? Why, what is going on? Is this the end? Is this how it begins? And as we look back, you know, it, it's a very important day, very solemn day. And it, many may say it was the beginning of the end. I'm not going to go that far. But it certainly changed our lives forever. I told the kids I'm going to be gone next week. I'm flying to Texas. Flying to Texas in 2022 is a lot different than it was in 2000 when I flew to Utah. It's a lot different now. I have to take my shoes off because somebody tried to set off a bomb with his shoes. But, you know, things like that that just have changed because of that day. So one day can change our lives forever. But even beyond something global like that, we all have individual issues, days that we can remember that may have changed our life forever. I can think of three of them from my past that significantly changed my life forever. Okay, I realized I did what I just said. I have three kids, so let's make it six. <laughs> six days that significantly changed my life forever. But no, what I mean is things that can happen that can cause trauma for you, um, that can be good or bad, just days that get burned into your mind, and some of us might still be trying to recover from that. So I want to give you some encouragement. The United States rebuilt after September 11, 2001. We have the Freedom Tower now, for one thing. But God was there to help us rebuild. God was there. And he will be there for us if something like that happens again. But we all have those days that are kind of like September 11, and God will be there and is there to help you rebuild. And one of the ways that he does it is through this right here. You know, I've, in recent weeks, God does this to me a lot. He, he will bring people to me to talk about things, and I'm like, I'm going to talk about that in a couple weeks in one of my messages. So if you hear something that you've told me, just know that it was God working so that I could use it in this message. And I'm not going to use any names, but I've heard a lot of people talk about how they're questioning God, angry with God, wanting to know why God didn't protect or save someone who passed, especially at a young age. And 
then they get upset and they're like, well, I know I shouldn't be angry with God. I know I shouldn't question God. Why not? I can pull out just from the Psalms, I can think of four right off the top of my head that I can turn to where David or the psalmist was asking God questions. Psalm 12, Psalm 13, Psalm 40, Psalm 60. Asking God, why? How long will you let this go on? How long must I suffer? And then there's a whole book called the Book of Lamentations where Jeremiah is lamenting to God about the evil things that are going on in the world. Do evil things go on in this world? Oh, yeah. It's nothing new. Jeremiah wrote about it. I'm going to ask you to read it just because there's children in the area and I don't want to talk about some of the atrocities that happened in Lamentations or Judges chapter 19. If anybody's familiar with Judges chapter 19, let's just say that was a national tragedy. Read it. It doesn't take long to read it, but just be prepared. It's not a rated G, okay? It's, it's very sad what happened. But what my point is that God took those events and he worked his, in his way, he worked in the lives of people to rebuild and restore. Israel went through a terrible tragedy in Judges chapter 19. Just awful to even think about. I don't like to read that chapter when I'm reading the Bible because it's just awful. But God restored and rebuilt them. So if you're struggling in your life, maybe with a relationship issue, a financial issue, a health issue, or you know someone who's struggling. I have a friend whose son is in the hospital right now. He's been in the hospital for almost a month now because he nearly died on a drug overdose. And I'm helping this friend. I'm talking to him every day saying, God, did, God allowed this for a reason. God didn't do this. His son made the choice. But I said, look at these things. Your son's been almost 30 days without those drugs in his system. He's detoxing while he's been sedated. He's going to come out of this much better. Now, his son is also having all kinds of difficulties. Just recently came off a ventilator. But that young boy is going to walk out of that hospital someday a changed man. You know, we, we probably know the, the famous verse, Romans 8, 28, for in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's a very popular Christian song out right now called For the Good, and it's all about Romans 8, 28. It's a great song by Riley Clemens. But is it enough to just say that? We know that God works for the good of those who love him. But how does that make you feel when you're going through something? When you're in the midst of that storm, when you're suffering that wound, does it help? Maybe a little. But you know what helps more than that? Is looking back when it's gone and see how God rebuilt everything for you. Because everybody here today, unless you're in the midst of something right now, he got you through it. 
And I don't mean to bring up things of the past for anyone. I'm not trying to get anybody to remember things, but think about it. If you think about something you've been through, you're sitting here today, so you've been through it. God got you through it. Whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it was a health scare, a relationship that broke, a financial situation. And some of you may be going through it right now. But he is going to get you through. Because it's a promise. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We do have hope. Because in this book, God has showed us where people have gone through similar things. There are broken relationships in here. There are health issues in here. There are financial issues in here. And God got them through. Because that's what he does. Ever heard of Hezekiah? Thought he was going to die. And he went to God and said, can I just have a little bit longer? And God healed him. Ever heard of David, King David? Now that man had some relationship issues, didn't he? Committed adultery. And God restored him. Jacob had financial issues. God blessed him. Where am I getting this from? It's all right in here. This is one of the ways that God speaks to us through the Bible. And when we read this, he uses this, not just this. He speaks in so many different ways, but he'll take what we read and he'll put thoughts in our mind. He'll alter our thoughts to help us understand. He'll guide us. He'll bring people to us to tell us things after we've read this, after we've had thoughts, and it will all come together like a perfect puzzle. And in so doing, he is rebuilding and restoring our lives. Just like he did after September 11th, 2001. He rebuilt and restored. Now, it goes beyond this because there are times when the enemy will take our past and they will use it against us. Let me just put it bluntly. They hate us, okay? The devil and the demons that are with him, they hate us. You can't say hate's not even strong enough word for how much they despise us. They will take whatever. They don't care about you. They will do whatever they can to harm you. They'll do whatever they can. They will use your past against you if you let them. So what do we do if we have problems that we've not fully recovered from? How is this going to help? Encouragement, perseverance. It's going to teach us and guide us. But even beyond that, what we talked about last week, prayer. Prayer will get you through as well. I can remember very specific times in my life when I'm like, God, I'm praying, I'm asking, and I'm not seeing it. What's going on? I thought my life was over. But here I am. I'm still here. And better off than I was. So if you're in that situation, praying, saying, God, 
I'm praying. I'm asking. I'm not understanding. Just know it's okay to lament to God, to ask God, to say, God, I don't understand, to say, God, I'm angry, to say, God, where are you? It is okay. See, the enemy tells us, oh, you can't do that. You can't be mad at God. You can't say that to God. And then you start to feel bad. And if you start to feel bad, you're going to stop asking God. And if you stop asking God, you know what happens? You're not talking to God. And if you're not talking to God, you're not going to get rebuilt as easily. He'll still rebuild you. He will. But not as easily. Every single day, we wake up, we put our feet on the floor, we put clothes on, we do what, something, whether it's drive to work or to the store, or even if we just sit and watch television or just lay down all day, we do something. If you can just put into that do something, just a few minutes of prayer, maybe a few minutes of reading the Bible, even if you don't understand it, that gets you talking to God and that restoration and rebuilding is going to happen a lot faster. It will. When we need healing, say you get a cut on your arm, you go to the doctor, maybe you have to have stitches, that's one way of healing, maybe they put a bandage on it, another way of healing, they might put some ointment on it. Regardless, your body starts working, right? If you don't go to the doctor, you leave a gaping wound, is it going to heal on its own? Sure, slowly, maybe, but when we go to the doctor, we get help, it facilitates the healing, it makes it go faster. When we go to God with prayer and by reading the Bible and by fellowshipping with others and worshiping him, praising him, when we do these things, the healing comes so much faster. It's that simple, and we can do it. As Pastor Ian would say, we get to do this. We get to do it with God. He's not far off. He's right here inside your heart, wanting to know you more, wanting to bring healing and restoration. But let it be in his time. We live in a fast food world. We drive up, we tell them what we want, we pay them and they give us the food and we're on our way. If you go to McDonald's, it's a little bit slower than that, but still, it happens, right? We are on our way. We want things right now. So we say to God, I want healing right now. But you see, if God heals you right now, you might miss something important that will mean something for you later in your life. Maybe he wants you to walk through a situation to learn from it and then bring the healing so now you've got that experience. But if he heals you right now, you bypass that experience, your life takes a turn that you're never going to know. So that doesn't mean that if he does heal you right away that you're, you're losing out on experiences. No, he's in control. He knows if the healing comes now or in a year or in five years or when you get to heaven. Because we all will be ultimately healed when we get to heaven. There will be no more suffering, no more pain, no more crying, nothing. 
So we all will be healed someday. But for some of us, we can find that along the way. But just remember, think of that. Think if you cut your arm wide open. Don't just leave it. It could get infected. It could not heal right. Right? Go to God, the great physician. Let him be the one who restores. So as we reflect on September 11, 2001, as Dan said, we lost three, almost 3,000 people that day. That's hard to comprehend because that's almost 3,000 families that know what we probably all know, what it feels like to lose a loved one. That's not fun. That's not easy. It's very difficult. It brings a lot of sorrow, a lot of grief. And for almost 3,000 families to suffer that at one time at the hands of evil makes you question God, why'd you let that happen? And I don't have the answer. And I don't think any of us do. Why did you let that happen? But you know what? It's okay to ask God that. Why did you let that happen? Because he might, he might be the one that he wants to give the answer to or an answer to. There's probably more than one answer. So it's okay to ask him, whether it's 3,000 people or your spouse, your child, a friend, an aunt or uncle or cousin, a sibling. It's okay to say, why'd you let that happen? And you know what? That's part of the healing. Because that's talking to God. And that's where healing comes from. So it's okay if you're angry with God, you're questioning him. It's okay. Don't remain there, but it's okay to move through that. And I'm going to leave you with this. Um, Psalm 23, which we all know. I'm sure, maybe not all of us, but many of us know really well. And if you don't know it by the name Psalm 23, you might recognize it as you hear it. But there's something in here I want to point out. But I'm going to read it first. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. He, may, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. I want to go back to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you see, I don't stay there. I don't dwell there. I don't live there. I don't find my being there. <coughs> Excuse me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. You are with me. Let those words sink in today. You are with me. Because... Everyone, God is with 
all of us, now and always. No matter what our situation is, no matter what history brings, no matter what next tragic event may take place, global, national, or very personal, no matter what, he is with us always. And his voice, <coughs> mine's not so good, his voice through the scripture and in our thoughts rebuilds and restores us all the time. Let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for being the voice that you are, for rebuilding and restoring, for giving us hope and encouragement in the scripture, for showing us your love in all the ways that you do. May we be open to hearing and seeing them all. May we understand. May we follow all of your leading all the days of our lives. And may we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.